bring them on board, we need to ensure the decision makers are part of the project or protocol design and involved in all phases of the work to feel ownership and to be part of the change. Hello and welcome to Frontier Tech Talks. My name is Asad Rahman. This show gives short, sharp, practical tips on how to go about using new technologies to solve big international development problems, straight from those who've been there and done it. We're part of the Frontier Technologies Hub, piloting cutting-edge tech all over the world for social good. Tens of thousands of tuberculosis cases go undetected in Mozambique every year. It's a supply chain problem first and foremost. In a country with as long a coastline as the United States, getting sputum samples from faraway clinics to labs for testing is extremely difficult. Could drones play a role in solving this problem? Today we're joined by Susanna Marrera from the NGO Village Reach. A scientist by training, Susanna talks about how she's engaged with policymakers, regulators, and other stakeholders, from national ministries to the local authorities, to get them to buy into the potential of drones. Before we begin, though, I just want to say a little bit more about what we do. Funded by the UK Department for International Development, we support teams with ideas for how technology might solve entrenched global challenges. We take an idea and provide some funding and support to try it out in the real world, learning about whether or not it works. Technologies can only be scaled for impact, though, if governments and authorities in the country of operation come on the journey with you. It can be a long, winding path. Suzanne has been on that path for the last year. In this episode, she'll talk about how she brought decision makers on board, built in their perspectives, and made them feel part of the change. Suzanne has joined us via a video call from Mozambique, so we apologize for the patchy audio. Village Reach focus is on strengthening supply chain logistics and transportation systems at last mile of healthcare delivery. In 2018, we received support to explore the challenges of laboratory sample transportation. The project is called UAS for TB, Unmanned Aerial Systems for Tuberculosis, where we are applying our expertise in supply chain and stakeholder engagement at the last mile of TB sample transport in Mozambique. The project aims to generate information about community perceptions regarding drones, their potential uses, and the quality of the TB transport, samples transported by drone. The importance of stakeholders' engagement is often emphasized, but how engagement occurs and with whom is not always straightforward. So our experience in Mozambique tells us that engagement with government and non-government partners is about listening to and using different perspectives to make our work better and involves being willing to change our paradigm and our model. If I believe someone is a stakeholder, then their opinion matters. Mutual listening leads to better outcomes. So engaging government stakeholders. In Mozambique, it's not easy to engage with decision makers since there are many donor-funded projects, each with their own merits and priorities. At the same time, there's a hierarchical decision-making system with most decisions being made by the head of an organization or government institution. Those decisions and by extension actions are dependent on certain key people who sometimes are not easy to access. 
Although geographically Mozambique is a big country, institutions and decision makers are mostly centralized in Maputo, so it is not difficult to reach and speak to a director of an institution. However, it can be very difficult to get them to decide about something because they are very busy and exposed to so many different projects and ideas that could make a difference. Decision makers are either really interested or it is not easy to influence them and get them to decide. To bring them on board, we need to ensure the decision makers are part of the project or protocol design and involved in all phases of the work to feel ownership and to be part of the change. So in Mozambique, uh, we can identify various levels of engagement. Um, we can identify them by level, national, provincial, district, and community level, and by role. There could be regulators, like in our study, the NARA project, the, the civil aviation, and the Minister of Health, certain relevant departments, and scientific ethics and review boards, and stakeholders, like community leaders for awareness and endorsement, and community members and special interest groups for awareness and education. So in this project, we identified INS, which is the Mozambique National Public Health Institute, and as our research partner. INS has been very supportive of drones from the beginning and generally of new technologies. We also approached PNCT, which is the National Program to Control Tuberculosis, who assisted us in the project design in key institutions like AMOVANT, which is a Mozambican association for unmanned air vehicles, a recent one, and Civil Aviation Authority, known as IACM. A first step was to better understand community perceptions about drones and their uses, especially in the medical sector. However, to carry out this study, consisting of focus group discussions and interviews with community members, leaders, and health professionals, we had to obtain bioethics approval for the study protocol and questionnaires from the National Ethics Committee. The data from the study is now being used to develop a tailored community sensitization strategy and key messages for the communities that the drone will serve for the duration of the study flights. Community engagement will be done in several stages before, during, and after these flights. So working with regulators, what are some of the strategies and approaches that work? If government stakeholders are involved in the design of the project, the probability of success is higher as it increases the chances of designing it in the way they most need it. The government institutions should be involved from the beginning and not only for a signature at the end. For instance, we had the stakeholders meeting was a broad presentation to a broader uh, public where we had university people, private companies and uh, public institutions. Involving the final beneficiaries, the community, has allowed us to adjust our project to the local context and at the same time ensure the government feels responsibility for the project to go well. Um, based on the results from the community perceptions in this study, we will be able to develop a community sensitization plan to create awareness of the technology, managing community expectations and address misconceptions. Another way is to design projects that will really benefit the government institutions which are underfunded through capacity, competence building of human resources while working on the project, as knowledge is eventually transferred even to those not involved in the project. For instance, we have a plan and we are, have uh, submitted a training model to health technicians about biohazards, biosafety, um, packaging and transport samples, so to refresh some guidelines and to, to make them aware of the, of the risks. Another form of support is by acquiring equipment and or supplies for the project that are truly needed by the institution. Reagents, for instance, and equipment for lab tests will be uh, acquired. Even if the project is interesting, the stakeholders will not spend time on it unless it is built on a solid relationship 
capacity and an equal partnership. This might mean that they express their own needs and some adjustment will happen to the initial scope. Um, a memorandum of understanding with institutions is always a plus as it solidifies the relationship and the commitment even if it can take months to obtain. Maintaining a good communication channel is the key. Uh, we always inform stakeholders uh, step by step what's happening, even if it's not their um, core. I mean, if it's uh, something about health, but I will inform civil aviation, so they will be able to know what we are doing. So lessons we have learned with this project is, I mean, first, you have to choose an institution to partner with that you can work with very well and recognize when your understanding of a yes might actually be a no. So explore as much as possible the context you know inside the institution. Uh, so what ha really happened in a meeting. Feedback is very important to know how to proceed. Allow for plenty of extra time and resources to follow up and develop the project if it is meant to be truly collaborative. It should be noted that short-term projects, pilots and trials can be a struggle if they do not have a realistic time frame. Things will happen, but not until you get to know all the stakeholders and gain their trust which can take a long time. Additionally, authorizations and approvals have their own timelines, which have to do with how public institutions are structured, and it can be difficult for regulators to make the connection with the final result. In Mozambique, you have to consider that December and January are months where the country stops. So it's a preparation for vacation, so even institutions uh, will not respond to you as fast as you uh, as you want so if you submit for us if we submit a, a protocol by the end of october that we submit we just uh, end up having the updates by february so you need to be aware of the timelines and sometimes they don't um they don't connect with yours and assume nothing awareness and attitudes range by stakeholder type level and location local expert presence enhances local ownership so when you're um have an authorization to do a work in the province, they always assign you a person to go with you to, to everywhere and to, to help you with the, with the study. And finally, if you are going to work in the health sector, be ready and prepared to help and not get in the way of the daily routine. People will expect you to help. Um, for projects that work in the health units, I mean, if you're just there collecting data, people uh, will ask you for help to, if you're monitoring like the, the time for, or uh, that people take for an appointment. I mean, you're taking notes, they want their problem solved. So be ready for that. Are there stakeholders or groups that are best left ignored? I don't think it's good to ignore. Uh, so you, you can involve them um, in different quantities, if I can say that. So you can involve them uh, in some parts of the project or in all of the project, but with just different amounts of involvement. But they will be happy to know if you update them all um, and not just some of them. We're joined now by Luciana, Susanna's colleague at Village Reach, who's worked on similar drone projects in other countries. Luciana, how have you found this in other contexts? If I can share from, from at least from DRC, for example, um, it depends when you first start a project and there's no experience in country with that type of project, uh, you do start with a much larger pool of stakeholders um, naturally. And then over time, as things become more clear to everyone, uh, then there is a little bit of a self-selection process going on where you end up zooming in on the stakeholders that truly matter and that can really help you move your project forward. 
Um, and it's not necessarily a selection that we make. It's, it's a self-selected from the government side. Uh, there are no regulations for drones in DRC. Um, we had to run around and interact and bring to the table many different stakeholders all the way up to the president's office until amongst themselves they decided there's one institution that should deal with this and has final authority. It's an aircraft, so it's civil aviation. But it took a while to get there. And then the other ones kind of fell off the um, fell off, fell out of the picture, um, or the main government stakeholder ends up interacting with them in the background. Again, I think at the country level, it tends to be fairly obvious who the relevant stakeholders are. Um, I know Charles can speak to this from Malawi. Again, you start with a bigger pool and then you invite everybody to a meeting and then it, uh, you know, or two or five meetings and then it becomes, and then you have meetings, one-on-ones, and then it becomes obvious who the relevant stakeholders are. And you never promise too much in advance. Um, eventually, you also have... Um, clear project team members. So you have a, you build an extended team that's outside of your organization. So the stakeholders become part of that um, extended team. Um, and then it's very clear who they are and what their roles and responsibilities are. Um, the only time that's really murky, I think, is in the very first months of the project. Um, in terms of donors and others, I mean, it's... Um, it goes both ways. You choose your donors just as much as they choose you, right? So I think you, you know what you're working with, how flexible they are, what their expectations are. As long as those are set up in advance, then you're good to go. What do we do when things don't work in the case of lost faith or lost interest? Have you ever had to re-engage or move on after a hard no from government? I advise to have always a plan B when um, things uh, don't work. Um, I mean, we need to really have a good communication channel. I mean, this is to understand how you can just block uh, with the institutions and uh, be able to do uh, what you want, what your project means to. And, you know, it's, I, I've never experienced a, a, a no. I have, I'm, I mean, in this case, the, the pilot and the drones, it's a new thing uh, in, in Mozambique. And the, the, it's not that some parts of the Minister of Health have, um, they have, they have accepted because it's a pilot, but they're, they're afraid. So it's not really a no. This is the question of, of at least in Mozambique, I, I haven't heard a no, but some I have. It's have it has some sometimes been difficult to to try to um, explain these situations or try to to present them um, the benefits or the because of the of the problems of the country. But I've never experienced that, and I just uh, and for the the don't work uh, when the projects or things don't work. I mean, you can always you can always make it work for just with a plan B. But Lucien and Charles probably have more experience in, in Malawi with these questions because they started a long time ago. Has there been a change in the regulatory environment as a result of our work with stakeholders in Mozambique? 
Yes, thank you, Sad. So, in terms of uh, regulations, Mozambique had um, a draft of regulations of in civil aviation, but they they don't allow BPLOs, and they will open uh, because it's a health um, issue. They will open the path for us to try BPLOs. So, I think it's because it's the first time it's going to happen, and they're interested in trying to uh, fly payload. Um, eventually, because of the of the cyclones and everything we saw, it's really uh, important. That was me speaking with Susanna Marrera from Village Reach, discussing how to work with regulators, policymakers, and other key stakeholders on a pioneering drone project in Mozambique. Thanks for listening to this episode of Frontier Tech Talks. To find out more about this work in the wider program, please find our Medium publication by Googling Frontier Technologies Hub or reading the show notes. Funded by the UK Department for International Development, we pilot cutting-edge tech all over the world for social good. This episode is part of a six-part series that gives short, sharp, practical tips on how to go about using new technologies to solve big international development problems straight from those who've been there and done it. 